Um, if you got your Bible, turn over to Hebrews chapter 11 again. Verse 17 is where we'll be. Hebrews 11, 17. We're going back again, and I want to look at Abraham one more time. So we've talked about Abraham for a couple weeks, off and on. We, we talked about God pulling Abraham out, telling him to leave the world behind him, and move on. And he did. God fulfilled that promise, took care of him. Then we talked about Abraham and Sarah. We talked about how they were beyond childbearing age, and how God said, I will... I will have great things come from your seed and, and have Isaac and, and all that. So that's the two stories that we talked about. But we ain't got to the story that everybody's learned in, in, in Sunday school and what we talk about in Bible school. It's, it's one of those stories we talk about as kids, but we don't talk about it much as adults like we ought to. Now we're going to look at the sacrifice of Isaac that didn't happen. From the time that the Lord talked to, to Abraham and told him to take his young and up on the hill and sacrifice him. We don't talk about that as much as we should. And as we look at we're going to look in Genesis here in just a minute. If you want to turn over to Genesis, you're more than welcome to Genesis 22. We're going to read the, the, that account of it first. Um, but we ought to look at this. And if there's ever a, a story in the Bible that we read that shows what faithfulness from a human and faithfulness from God is, this is it. This is the story that we need to cling to. Because we see what a faithful servant of God looks like, Abraham, and we look, what a, we look at what a faithful God we serve is. God, of course, both of them. I mean, it's just one of the most beautiful pictures of faithfulness from both sides that you'll ever see. And as a, as a father, I can't imagine what goes through Abraham's mind, whether it be with Clayton or the girls. I can't imagine... Having that, having God speak to you the way that he spoke to Abraham, tell him what to do, and Abraham proceed with that. Um, as, a, as a parent, any of us that had kids, we, we can't fathom the stresses that would come with that, and, 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 and thankfully we will never have to uh, the way that God did it with Abraham. But we're going to look at it, um, and we're going to look at how God required more faith of Abraham than, than he did of the first two. To give you a little bit of background, I'm going to read this, and then I'll read Hebrews in a minute. You guys can stand up. But over in Genesis 22, told you all to turn there, and I forgot to turn there. We're going to read that first. Genesis 22, verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering um, upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Hang on to that little verse right there, verse 5. We'll come back to it a little bit later. Just remember that. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. He took the fire in his hand and the knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. 
And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For I know, for I, back up. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and took and looked, and behold, behind, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the steed instead of uh, his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the moment, or in the mount, I'm sorry, of the Lord, it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called upon Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and, thou, and, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now, that's a lot to read. We know the scripture. We know the verse. We know what, what faithfulness looks like from God, because we talk about God providing. When we, anytime we look at the Bible, especially the Old Testament, we talk about God providing. The very first thing we think of is he provided that ram. He didn't provide a lamb. He provided a ram, something with horns. He provided something that would get stuck in the thistles, get stuck, get his horns hooked in there and held him there. God provided perfect timing. He showed up at the right moment. Can you imagine having your sword, your dagger, whatever, your knife up in the air about to slay, and then all of a sudden an angel from on high, hollers down at you. Says, well, back there, son. You're faithful. You're faithful. God sees it. We see it. We see your faithfulness. And because you are so faithful, put your knife down for a moment and run over there in the thistles, over in the thicket, and get that ram. God has provided. I can't imagine the sense of relief that just fell on Abraham and Isaac. Because Isaac getting ready to lose his life. Now looking at that scripture in Hebrews that we're getting ready to look at, we'll see the act of Abraham as one of the highest acts of faithfulness that we will ever see from someone other than Jesus. That's that's a, you can't can you imagine what he must have felt and how he must have felt when God asked him to do that, demanding, told him, Take thy son, thy one and only son, take thy lad. Get on your donkey and head up the hill. And he did it. He was faithful. If you got your Bibles, turn over to, to Hebrews 11. Stand with me just a moment. We're going we're gonna to read and pray. Ask God to bless this day. Hebrews eleven seventeen. 17. By faith, 
Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Let's pray. Lord God, again this morning we thank you. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you for where you provide when we need the provisions. God, we thank you for uh, what you say is what you do. Lord, we're not used to that here on earth. We're not used to people fulfilling uh, promises that are made. But God, we know that you're faithful and just to do that. And we thank you. We thank you that we serve a God that will never let us down. We're thankful that we serve a God that will always provide that ram whenever we need it. You provide for us when no one else here on earth can do it. You surely can. We thank you for that. God, today we have a lot on our hearts. We've got a lot going on. We've got uh, death in our lives. We've got sickness in our lives. We've got sickness um, going on in our families and in the church here as well. And I pray, God, that you would, uh, God, as we approach this Christmas season that we're going into, God, that you would, you would heal those that need that touch. Lord, that you would provide uh, comfort for those that may be grieving right now. Uh, Father, this morning, as, as my dad called me this morning, and, and his best friend, Jimmy, Hamby, uh, laid up in Baptist Hospital now with a, uh, a shunt in his brain. God, we just want to lift up Jimmy and his family to you this morning. That's, that's my special object of prayer this morning would be that you would touch Brother Jimmy. He's been such a blessing to our family for over 40 years. And God, I pray that you would give him and Karen, his wife, uh, just a, a peace and understanding knowing that you're in charge and that he's right where he needs to be right now there at Baptist Hospital with some of the best. And I pray, God, that you would... Uh, again, just grant that peace around the family, knowing that you are in control. God, as we do approach this Christmas uh, season, Father, I pray that you would just grant uh, a peace about everyone here at the church. Lord, knowing that this is a time that we need to reflect on this miracle birth, that you yourself provided a sacrifice for us. You provided a lamb for us, the most wonderful, special gift that has ever been given to mankind. It is this time of year that we need to reflect back on that, and we thank you for that beautiful gift that you've given us. Thank you for salvation. We thank you for this church. God, and I pray today that you'd bless our time together. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. First thing we'll look at is Abraham's faith uh, obeyed God no matter the cost. Now, when you obey God, that sometimes there will be a cost that comes with that. Now, it's not going to cost you financially, but obeying God may cost you some friends. Obeying God may cost you some family members that, that, that won't be as close to you. Obeying God might cost you your house because he might be saying, it's time to move, hit the mission field. Obeying God will cost you something, but it will cost you. But in return, he will bless you. That's, I'm not saying that God's going to strip away all the goodness and everything that you have, but it will cost you to obey him. And, and that's what we're going to look at with Abraham is his faithfulness to obey God, it, it was going to cost him, or at least he thought he'd, it would. Several years into uh, the, his promised son Isaac's life, God speaks to Abraham one more time. And this time the words are not words of comfort. I remember we, we talked about uh, God speaking to Abraham, telling him to leave. Then we talked about Sarah and Abraham. God speaking to him, telling him that he was going to provide him with a son. The blessed son that they had been asking for, 
So those were times of comfort and peace. But now when God spoke to him, it, it was, I would say this would be crazy talk. That's, that's probably what Abraham was thinking for just a second. This is crazy. This, this don't sound like the God I've served. This doesn't sound like the person that, uh, uh, the person that told me to leave my country, the person that told me and Sarah that we was going to have a young. And this don't sound quite right. That might have been what ran through his mind at first. Of course, it's not recorded. But we think it's crazy. If you go back over to Genesis 22, too, it says, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee. Do you think he, do you think he just sat and thought about that for a minute? Let it sink in for just a second. He told me to leave my, the world that I lived in for all those years. He told me to leave that land, and I did it, and he provided. He told me that Sarah would conceive, and, and we would have a son. And we did, and he provided. And now he's telling me to sacrifice my only son. I guess he'll provide. I guess he'll provide. He had been tested. And God has shown up every single time. Now, Mount Moriah, it's a, it's a significant place in the Bible. Back then, back at this time that we're reading about in Genesis, it was nothing. It was just a, it was just a, it was just a little old hill. It wasn't, it wasn't nothing. But after this sacrifice, it became something great. From, from David to Jesus, that's where we've seen the temple that was built. And so it was a, a, it's a very religious place. The Muslims have a Dome of the Rock uh, is, is there now. And we as Christians are not allowed to go in that place, even though that I've seen pictures inside of it. You can actually see the rock, the altar, where Abraham built and laid Isaac up on it. You can see it. We just can't go in there. It's a, it's a beautiful place. It's a, it's a place in the Bible that it's sacred. I'm glad it's being protected. I just wish it was protected by the Christians, not the Muslims. But it's a beautiful place. But Abraham's time, this was it's just an old mountain over in Canaan. That was it. It was nothing significant. Can you imagine what a blow this was to Abraham? Nothing in Scripture tells us what was on his mind, what emotions he was feeling. I, I've never had to experience anything like this. And again, never, probably never will have to experience this. But I know that when we've been told that our young and is sick, something like that, how it hits us. Now, Paisley's been all right. But I remember when Abby was born, and was she a year old when she got put in the hospital? I, the, the blow just, I can't remember what she had. That's what? She just dehydrated. That just sucked the life out of me. She already had the life sucked out of her. She dehydrated. But I just remember those words that she, we was going to have to admit her to the hospital. And she's just going, I mean, it was just dehydration. I, as being an EMT, I'm used to that. I, I, we see it, but that's everybody else. But when it's your own, it hurts. When, when your kids are, are, are sick, it hits you a different way as a parent. And so the emotions that go through you are emotions that you don't have for other people. So when your child is sick, it hits you a little bit differently with Abraham, I can only imagine what was going through his mind. God, I know your voice. God, you spoke to me before. You've spoke to me in the past. I, I, I'm almost certain this is you. Are you sure this is what you want from me? 
I've walked with you. I've worshipped you. I've listened to you for years now. Is this really you? Is this really what you want from me? Now, again, that's not recorded. But I can only imagine briefly that this is kind of going through Abraham's mind. We know the story. We know that God never had any intent to take the life of Isaac. We know that. We, we've read it. We know the ultimate ending to this story was he provided. Abraham didn't know this. Abraham went on faith. Now, when I say he went on faith, and this is kind of what I think. I think he went feeling like if I sacrifice my son, God will bring him back from the dead. I think that's what was going through his mind. If he promised me this son, and this son is supposed to be the seed and, and it's supposed to carry on generations and great nations will come out of Isaac, surely to goodness he would not let me kill him off. And if he does, he'll bring him back to life. Now, in my little pea brain mind, that's what I think was going through Abraham's mind. He only knew that he was faced with the most difficult test of his life. Leaving a nation, leaving a world behind that he knew so well, that wasn't hard. That was, it was difficult, but not as hard as losing his son. It wasn't as difficult as believing and having faith in God that God was going to provide Isaac for him. It wasn't that hard. This was the most difficult test of his life. Who did he love more? God or Isaac? What a test that he was going through. Which demand would he satisfy? The need for a son or the need to obey the command of his God? So he was in a pickle. He was, he was in the middle between a rock and a hard place. What do I do? I can't imagine the stresses. Abraham had to answer a question about the depth of his love that was stunning. The depth of his love for his God and his son. He had to answer that question. Nobody else could do it. Sarah couldn't do it. His servants couldn't do it. Nobody could do it. Only Abraham could answer these questions. During that night, when you read this, when we read that story a while ago, I kind of I got hung up on that night so the day that he that, that god spoke to him told him to take his son to mount moriah he had to sleep that night abraham had to lay down and he had to try to sleep that night with that on his mind have you ever been anxious about something you ever been anxious if you ever had surgery and the night before your surgery did you sleep much Probably not. Mine is when I fly. I don't sleep well the night before I fly, especially if I've got a morning flight. I'm anxious. I'm afraid I'm going to miss it. I've never missed one, <laughs> but I'm still anxious. I don't sleep well. When you have surgery, one, one of the guys I work with, Bo, uh, <laughs> he had a colonoscopy Monday, and, uh, and we were, we were, of course, goofing off about that i mean that you gotta laugh at that that's just bad but we were we were laughing about that he said man i couldn't sleep a wink sunday night because i had to be in he had to be in there early monday for his for his uh, procedure there's anxiety there when things happen the next day abraham 
he had to sleep on that. Do you think he slept at all? I don't think he did. I bet he tossed and turned all night long, thinking about what he had to do. And in his mind, I'd say he prayed a lot. I, I don't know. We, again, we don't know what took place there, but I'd say he prayed a lot. He probably talked to God about it all night, which nothing wrong with that, is there? <laughs> Clayton just shook his head. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. What about these promises of descendants that will be numerous to count? I'm sure it was running through his mind. What about that promise that my heirs will bless the whole earth? That's running through his mind. In asking these questions, he would have only been human. I want, I want to see a show of hands. And, and I'm serious about this. How many of us have asked God why? I, I was hoping everybody would raise your hand. <laughs> I, I'm not ashamed to tell you. I've asked God why. There have been things in my life that I can't understand. And I'll ask God, why? Abraham may have just laid there that night, and all he could think of was, why? Why? Why me? Why Isaac? Why now? What about these promises? Why would you do this to me now? Don't know. We don't know what was going through his mind. He probably had a restless night, if nothing else. He probably had a restless night. You ever been in a similar situation, not about your kid being sacrificed? Have you ever wrestled with options that demanded a choice? I mean, like I said, you, you can't sleep that night. You have a, a bad day or two days, or you just, you've got a choice to make, and you have to wrestle with it to make sure that you do the right thing, you say the right thing, you are do, or you're being the right person, and you, you've got this demand on you. And you wrestle with it. A place of no compromise and, and didn't make any earthly sense, but you've been tasked with it. Kind of like Abraham. Every one of us has found ourselves crying out at some time to the Lord. Why? Why is it happening to me? What did you want from me, Lord? There's no reason. There's no sense. This don't make a lick of sense to me. And I'm telling that's not just you talking to the Lord. That's you crying to the Lord. It don't make sense. Nothing makes sense. That's the human side of us. And it's okay. I'll be honest with you. It's okay. Ask him sometime, why? Why, why now? Why this? In reality, these moments were God's reason... Is it can be hidden, and these are the most the hardest moments of faith in our lives when we just don't know. This is where we walk by faith and not by sight. We got to have the faith that Abraham had. It's not so hard to endure when we can see the reason, is it? When we know the reason behind it, we can just truck right on through. Abraham didn't see it. He didn't know. There's things in our lives that we don't know the reason behind. And so our faith is a little bit weak. But when we know the reason behind it, our faith in God is a lot stronger. Ain't, ain't that something, how that works? But when suffering comes to each one of us that has no immediate explanation, that's when we're tested. 
That's when our faith in God is tested. That's when our faith in one another is tested. That's when the faith in our churches are tested. The faith in our brothers and sisters, that's when it's tested. It's in those moments. It's in those moments we discover the depth of our faith. What a faith that Abraham had cultivated right there. What a faith that he had had. Again, going back to the beginning when God told him to leave. And then going back to where he said that he would provide a son with Sarah. There was faith there. And over the years, his faith had matured. His relationship with God had matured. And so I believe through that maturity, that's why he took this next step. and said, all right, Lord, I'll mind you. Through faith, we'll get up on our donkey and we're going to head up to Mount Moriah. This kind of test came to a man well advanced in his spiritual maturity. That's why it's so important for us from the time that we're saved until the time that we're called home. We've got to stay in the Word. We've got to continue to study the Scripture and mind the Lord, read, pray, study the best that we can. Grow in your faith. That way when times of hard times hit us, when we are tested, I'm not going to say it'll be easy, but because we're mature in our faith, it makes it a little bit easier. Helps us cope with it a little bit more. God knew that he could stand up to, and, and, and he knew how this man trusted in, him, in, in God. He knew him. But now Abraham was going to find out another truth about himself and his God. He didn't delay, though. He didn't drag his feet. He didn't ask for any further clarification. We just read that over in Genesis. Nowhere did it say that, that Abraham continued to ask more questions to verify and re-verify and check and recheck. He didn't send out for the fact-checkers to come in and, and verify everything either. Abraham said, okay, we'll pack up and head out tomorrow. He obeyed immediately. God spoke and he obeyed. Can we be like him? Can we be like Abraham? When God speaks to us, can we immediately obey him? And like I've said before, it, it's very important as a Christian to know what the Lord's voice sounds like. And it's hard for us, if you don't pray, if you don't talk to him, it's, it's, it's hard for us to, to determine if it is the Lord speaking to us or if it's the devil messing with us. If you don't have a close relationship with the Lord, sometimes we can confuse the Lord speaking to us with the devil speaking to us. Just make yourself at home up here. <laughs> even if, if it doesn't make any sense, even if, he's, if the Lord is talking to us and it doesn't make any sense, we need to be like Abraham. If God is telling you to do something and you're sure it's God speaking to you, obey him. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. I promise you that. Secondly, Abraham's faith counted God as, as trustworthy. If you look back over at verse 18 again, it says, Of whom, uh, are you back again? Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. How did the man find the determination to travel three days and remain steadfast in the task at hand? How in the world can you, can you, I mean, Number one, he probably didn't sleep the night before, and now you've got to travel for three days 
with the son that you're getting ready to sacrifice and then two workers that have no clue what's going on. So tension is probably a little bit high there. But I'll tell you how Abraham himself reasoned within himself. God gave me this son miraculously. And you got to admit, that was a miraculous conception right there. God has kept his promise in the past. God is God. He's probably thinking God is good, and he can. If need be, he will raise my son from the dead. That's probably what's going through his mind on that three-day track. Now, Genesis points out, thank you. I don't know what he gave me, but he gave me something. Genesis points out to, the, to Abraham's certainty in the face of this test. What did he tell his servants? This is what I want you guys to, to remember over in verse 5. I love this part. This is, this is the part right here that when you read this, and if you're not very familiar with it, it kind of sticks with you. He says, I and the lad, I love this, will go yonder and worship. Now listen, and come again to you. He didn't say, I'll come back. He said, and we'll come again to you. He's telling, he knows, he knows. Abraham's got it now. I'll take my son up on that hill. I'll sacrifice my son up on that hill. But I will bring my son back from that hill. Now, we don't know if he meant that towards I'll bring the body back or if I'll bring my son back. But he told them guys, we'll be back. We will return and come again to you. Abraham found another truth about his God. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides because he does provide he continuously provides for all of us and he knew that abraham knew that god had never broken a promise he knew that god could not fulfill his promises without jacob in that picture if god promised him all that stuff before isaac was born if he promised him his son then how could he fulfill those promises he knows that his god won't break a promise so he knew something was up not up, you know. He knew something would happen. He would provide. Whether he would raise him from the dead or something else, he would provide. Abraham knew that God was trustworthy. Everybody's getting a show up here this morning again. Third thing, Abraham's reward for his sacrificial faith was deliverance. So remember, Abraham had a sacrificial faith at this time. We, we look back and we, we talked about him, how he, he trusted God for deliverance, how he trusted God uh, for uh, providing Isaac. And now we're looking at him having a sacrificial faith. And in verse 19, it tells us, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Abraham was totally committed to sacrifice Isaac. He was committed to that. And the story even tells us in Genesis that he had raised his hand. He was ready to slay him. He didn't sit on a rock while his son was tied down. He didn't whittle. He wasn't sharpening his knife. He didn't do any of that stuff. Put his son on, on the altar. He raised his hand to kill him and had all intentions of killing him. He was totally committed to love God he was totally committed to trust in God. 
that was enough for God. That was it's all it took. That was enough. And God provided his answer. Abraham believed God and loved him above the most dearest thing on this earth for him, his son Isaac. God knew that. He knew his heart. So when God stopped the judgment on Isaac, it was like Isaac had been resurrected from the dead. When, when that angel spoke, it was almost like he had brought him back from the dead. Even though he wasn't dead, it's probably what it felt like. That relief that came from him. He was taken from the brink of a certain death back to life. What a reward for a father who loved his son. Y'all see the parallel now? I have not said one word about this, but there's a parallel through this whole thing. Have y'all got it yet? How about God and Jesus? Do you see it now? Do you see why this story is so important to us as believers, as Christians? The parallel between Abraham and Isaac and God and Jesus. Willing to provide a sacrifice. And they did. Abraham provided that sacrifice, which was Isaac. But God stepped in at the very, at the very last minute and provided a ram. We have Jesus now. God provided us with the perfect sacrifice, his son, Jesus Christ. But at the very end of this one, he didn't substitute with an animal. He stuck with the plan, and that plan was his son. His son was sacrificed, but he was resurrected. That same feeling that Abraham had when that ram showed up is probably the same feeling that God had when Jesus came out of that tomb. Oh, the relief. My son as well. My son, Abraham and Isaac left that mountain. They went down there with the two workers, and they headed back home for another three-day journey. I can't imagine that conversation on the way home. might have been quiet on the first day. Were you really going to kill me, Dad? And you, I mean, just think about that conversation. But Abraham rode, I'm sorry, Isaac rode back home with his father. Jesus is at home right now with the Father. What a beautiful story. What a beautiful picture. What can we learn from all this today? There's a lot we can learn from this today. But we have to trust God supremely, love and trust Him above everyone else. And I know that sounds difficult because we've got a lot of loves in our lives. We have our spouses and our kids and our family. We've got lots of loves in our lives. But we are to love God supremely above all others. Make him the most important thing in your life and see what he does for you. If you will make him the most important thing in your life, the most important love of your life, you will see where he provides for you. You will see where he will bless you if you will just make him the Lord and the love of your life. Stand with me just a moment. We're going to close out. We read that story. Again, he, Abraham had a little, little journey to take, get up Mount Moriah, or get to Mount Moriah before he went up to Mount Moriah. 
He was obedient immediately. He trusted God immediately. I want you to take that part home with you today. Trust God immediately. Don't delay. Don't question. Don't study it out. Don't fact check it. Don't get everybody else's opinion. Just obey. When God speaks, just obey Him. That's all He asks for you. An obedient faith. Obedient faith. That's what He had. That's what Abraham had. Obedient faith. Had sacrificial faith. We're all to be have a sacrificial faith. There's things on this earth that we have to sacrifice. Now, I'm not saying get out there and kill stuff. Unless you're hunting, then that's okay. But that's not what I mean. There's things that we have to give up. We have to give up the sin in our lives. There's things in our lives that disappoint God. We've got to give those things up, sacrifice those things, give it to Him, and let Him deal with it. That's what He wants us to do. We have to have that sacrificial faith, knowing that we give it to God and He'll take care of it. Let's pray. Lord God, again this evening, we thank You so much for that sacrifice that was made on the cross for each one of us. God, thank you for giving the most perfect gift that we've ever received. Thank you for giving the most beautiful lamb that this world has ever seen. God, we thank you this morning for the love that you have bestowed upon each one of us, the love that you have shown through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. God, this morning we thank you so much for the faith that you've instilled in each one of us through these, these stories that we continue to read and study. Lord, I hope it is building up our faith in you. God, today is one of the most special stories I think we'll probably read. To know that through faith, you will provide. And we thank you for that. And God, I pray this morning, if there'd be one here that's struggling with that, if they're struggling with something in their lives where they feel like they're, they need mankind to provide, let them know they're wrong. Man can't provide, but you can. You've made us that promise. We're to put our faith and trust in you, knowing that you will provide for us. And God, I pray that you'll give each person here that, that peace this morning, knowing that you will provide. But they're going to have to call out to you. They're going to have to call upon your name and ask. Have faith in the God that we serve, knowing that you will provide. I we thank you again this morning for all that you're doing. And I pray, God, again, for those that, that are sick, God, I pray that you would just touch them. Be with those that are our shut-in this year, those that may be struggling with uh, depression and things that go on this time of year. God, I pray that you would just shine your light on them, warm them up. God, get them on their feet. Let them know just how much they are loved and how much you love them as well. Go with us as we leave this place and bring us back here at the next appointed time. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, come on back here Wednesday, and we're going to keep trucking through Psalm 23.